Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Randy Foster from the EGP Learning Platform. On the 18th of September this year, Apple announced two new versions of its Apple Watch, the Apple Watch 6 and the Apple Watch SE. In today's video, we will take a look at these new devices and the current Apple Watch platform from a health and well-being perspective. The Apple Watch is the probably the leading device in this area. So taking a look at where they're at will, will give us a good indication as to where the whole sector is at and where it might be heading in the future. I don't have an Apple Watch uh, 6 or SE yet. This is actually an old Series 2. This isn't a review of the new devices. I'm not recommending or endorsing anything or giving any health advice today. Okay, disclaimer over. Consider this a quick briefing to help you understand the current position and capabilities of what is the current leading mass consumer health wearable device, the Apple Watch. And do stick around to the end for some reflections and some suggestions from me to Apple and the other device manufacturers about the future development and direction of consumer health wearables. So why learn more about consumer health wearables as a GP, nurse, health professional or member of the public? Well, this is an area we've talked about on the podcast and the vlog before. We've looked at smart watches like the Apple Watch and other competing devices. And it's an area that we felt had a lot of promise, perhaps promise to be realized in the future rather than presently existing. Uh, but regardless of that, I am beginning to see more and more of these devices on patients' wrists when they come and consult me in the clinic. And with every new version, there is more and more health-related technology and features packed inside Patients are already sharing this information collected from their wearables with us, and it's only going to increase over time. So it's important that everybody involved understands about these devices, about the information they are collecting and that they're surfacing um, so that we can make best use of it. Patients will wonder what the information means for their health, and it might actually be useful and helpful data for health professionals looking to diagnose and treat disease. A little bit of history. So how did the Apple Watch become the consumer wearable health device of today? Apple released its first watch in 2015 and there have been considerable evolutions of the marketing position and targeting of this device over the years as the device has found its place within the market. Initially, Apple's focus was on fashion and connectivity um, with features such as maps and directions and notifications from news and messaging apps. Uh, there was also a focus on expensive and fancy case materials like the solid gold watch, uh, which um, they tried to ensure found its way onto the wrists of sports people and uh, musicians uh, to help push sales of the device. As Apple began to understand the market and how people were using these devices, there was a pivot towards health and well-being. And more recently, Apple has lent further into the well-being and health um, area and is marketing the Apple Watch very much as a health device these days with the introduction of FDA-approved health monitoring features like pulse monitoring, ECGs, oxygen saturation tracking, uh, and many more features as well. Um, in any case, consumer wearables do seem to be finding a niche as health devices. And I, I think that's for a number of reasons. Uh, the trend for miniaturization and mass production of all sorts of sensors operating at lower power consumption levels and appearing at lower price points does continue. Um, these devices sit in contact with the body, which is different to phones. Um, initially, when wearables were first hitting the market, I think a lot of users felt that they did similar things to their phones, only not as well. 
Um, but obviously we don't walk around with our phones in contact with our skin. So this is an area where the wearables are beginning to excel. Uh, the health and well-being sector is an area that aligns well with positive um, corporate messages and values. So it's quite an attractive place, I think, for companies to seek to operate in and supports the perception of their their other activities. Um, and in any case, consumers seem to be willing to pay for these features, meaning that there's a strong profit incentive for device makers. So it looks like health and wearables are here to stay. They're going to become more numerous and they're going to become more complicated and feature rich. So what is the current um, health uh, features and offer, uh, particularly the Apple platform. So it's convenient for us today to focus on the Apple platform. They've had a recent announcement of new devices, so it's quite topical. Um, and actually, as market leaders, where they are gives a good indication as to where the, the market is in general. We'll be looking at some images and um, presentation bits from Apple's website um, in the background for some visuals today. And actually, Apple do a fairly good job of explaining uh, their features to patients and to health professionals in their health um, healthcare area of their website. So hats off um, to that. I think they're doing a fairly good job there. Let's start to take a look at some of the individual features. Oxygen saturation monitoring is up first. This is a new addition for the Apple Watch Series 6 this year. The watch can monitor your blood oxygen levels or O2 saturations, as, as I might say during this video, on demand or periodically throughout the day or night. This is particularly timely as oxygen saturations have been a key observation when assessing patients for the severity of COVID-19 infection. Particularly when we're doing remote assessments over video or phone and there's less examination information for us to go on. In some areas of the country, uh, we were actually sending out SATS machines to people to take readings and relay those to health professionals um, over video or telephone. And those were going out via volunteers in order to help complete those remote assessments. Um, so uh, getting more oxygen saturation monitors out there may be helpful in the fight against COVID-19. It's possible to see other potential applications for this in the identification and monitoring of conditions such as sleep apnea, which involves uh, sleep being disturbed by the patient waking due to low blood oxygen levels at night. Um, to make a diagnosis in these patients, typically we've loaned out um, machines from clinics which monitor blood oxygen uh, levels during sleep and track and log that data. Uh, but it's quite easy to see how there might be an application for the Apple Watch um, here, uh, if not to replace that, but to identify people who might benefit from it. The management of other respiratory conditions such as COPD, but many more too, could also be helped um, as levels of uh, blood oxygen, uh, particularly when they move away from what is normal for that patient and known to be normal for that patient can be a sign of exacerbation or worsening of these conditions. Um, it's easy to see how this information could help um, identify patients who are deteriorating earlier and help them earlier and also help us target other treatments like antibiotics and steroids better to retain their effectiveness for the future. But we're going to need more experience and time to understand fully how to use this information uh, properly in a clinical context. It's important just to stress that. And also another word of caution, um, I've seen some people testing the wrist-based Apple Watch sensor against uh, medical fingertip sensors in videos online. And there does appear to be an issue in some circumstances with some devices on some videos of the Apple Watch sensor giving lower readings than the fingertip sensor. So just be aware of that and maybe run some tests if you get one of these devices yourself and you have the means to do so. 
The next feature to mention is, um, well, actually, it's a suite of features. So Apple, over the years, have built up a suite of features around um, heart health, looking at heart rate, rhythm, and also some ECG capabilities. The sensors for these are, are housed in the um, the dome on the back of the watch and also in the crown where the ECG um, monitoring feature is present. First up, pulse tracking. So this uses the rear sensor of the device and it measures and monitors the wearer's pulse periodically throughout the day or on demand. You can activate a notification on the watch to alert you if you have a sustained bradycardia. That's a low pulse below 50. Or if you have a resting tachycardia, so that's a faster than expected heart rate when resting. Next, pulse rhythm detection. Uh, users can also activate a notification for when an irregular heart rhythm is detected. This is most commonly in clinical practice due to a condition called atrial fibrillation. And this is certainly of interest to clinicians as it can increase the risk of strokes. We will often be starting medications to control um, the, the rate and rhythm and control the risk of stroke in patients with this condition. So it's really important and um, useful to help identify this. The presence of undiagnosed atrial fibrillation in the population and identifying that this has been a focus over the last few years uh, for health professionals. So anything that can help with this uh, project, the better, really. Next, ECG function. This has been present for a few years and was first introduced on the Series 4. It allows users to take a reading of the electrical activity of the heart uh, or electrocardiogram or ECG. Um, it does take its reading based on only two contact points with the body. Those um, readings that we take and the ECGs that we do in clinic uh, use 12 contact points with the body. So it's important not to consider this a replacement for those examinations, but it can certainly help identify those patients who might benefit from further assessment of their heart. Uh, this reading can be done on demand or if prompted by the watch. Um, so the watch might identify um, a unusually slow or rapid resting or irregular heart rate with its other sensors and invite the user to do an ECG. This result can be exported as a PDF file and shown to health professionals. I think this feature is really interesting. I've not had any experience of a patient bringing in a reading yet, and I'm excited about the first time that this will happen. Um, when patients have palpitations or the feeling of unusual heart rate, we often um, send them to um, to a hospital clinic where they're given an ECG, which is worn for a longer period of time, sometimes hours, sometimes several days, to log the electrical activity of the heart over time uh, with a particular interest in what happens when the patient is experiencing symptoms. And it really helps us understand what's happening at those times. Um, I can see this feature of the watch being good for identifying patients who might be suitable for that sort of further testing. Um, or eventually even replacing that further testing if, if the features and functions become more, more sophisticated. Another interesting feature is the fall detection feature. Users can set their watch to detect falls and call for help if they seem to be incapacitated following one of these events. Uh, the device uses its accelerometers and gyroscopes to detect what might be a fall. So, for example, movement of the watch with a characteristic pattern followed by a sudden deceleration. Um, it lets the users know that it thinks that a fall has occurred and asks them if they're okay. If the user doesn't respond and they remain immobile for one minute, then the device will call the emergency services. It can also no notify a relative or carer. Uh, there have already been some examples in the media where this is credited with saving life. 
from people in car accidents to elderly people with unwitnessed falls at home. Knowing when a patient has fallen and getting them help quickly is a big factor in reducing death and improving recovery from these events. So I think this is quite an exciting and interesting area. One concern that is fairly obvious and that has been expressed um, is that emergency services could be overwhelmed with calls from these watches and devices, but that doesn't seem to have occurred yet. We'll see what happens when more of these devices are in circulation. This is an exciting feature, and if I had an elderly relative beginning to have problems with falls, then I would certainly be adding this to their Christmas or, or birthday list as a gift. Next up, noise monitoring. The Apple Watch can use its microphone to detect levels of ambient noise and also to log the volume of connected headphones in order to monitor the intensity and duration of exposure to loud noises. It will alert users if they exceed World Health Organization noise exposure guidelines. Younger generations are experiencing increased rates of hearing loss compared to previous generations, and many people can be at risk um, or have their hearing at risk due to their jobs or hobbies that might take place in loud environments. This is a feature that might seem trivial at first compared to some of the other health monitoring features available, but I think it's actually an important area for, 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 for one sort of significant reason. Um, this is an example of an evidence-based disease prevention application for a, consumable, for a consumer wearable. Uh, which is actually quite different from many of the other functions that we've been discussing, um, which um, are more about identifying signs of existing disease. It will be really interesting to see what other environmental and behavioural risks can be monitored and corrected in the future by these devices. So those are the main health features for the Apple Watch platform, or what I consider the main health features. There are a lot of other functions that sit at that junction between health and well-being applications um, that, are, that are available. Features that monitor and support um, behaviours with disease prevention and general health benefits. So things like sleep monitoring, activity counting, calorie counting, um, standing tracking, workout and performance monitoring, breathing and relaxation exercises, um, tracking general health and well-being metrics, um, and also the new hand-washing detection and guidance feature. Um, ultimately and overall, um, these, these, these well-being features might be more important than the pure health features. Uh, prevention, after all, is much better than cure, uh, but I haven't talked about these in details here, and actually there's a lot of videos uh, from people who are more expert in those areas out there on YouTube. So if you're interested in them, then go and check those out and have a look. Which Apple Watch version should you get? So um, there are a few versions of the Apple Watch currently on sale on the website, the 6, the SE, the older Series 3. Um, they're also available with or without cellular connection. There are other uh, models and devices available from other manufacturers. Um, all the different models have different feature sets. It can get a little bit complicated. So if you're going to get one, then take a look at the Apple website or the relevant website and some of the other excellent video reviews that are out there that'll help you um, identify the right uh, model and device for you with the right feature set. So finally, let's move on to some um, reflections, thoughts, and suggestions around these devices. Uh, so first of all, doing this video has got me excited again about the Apple Watch um, and other consumer health and well-being wearables. Um, I had thought that maybe um, the march of change had slowed in this area, but actually 
the Apple Watch 6 is quite an exciting device. And there's a lot of potential beginning to be realized here. Um, some thoughts um, for Apple. Well, managing patients' concerns is, is a big area that's going to worry health professionals um, with regards to these devices. Um, a challenge we'll be dealing with the worried well, particularly when they have more uh, data and information to worry about. Uh, but the worried well has been a problem that we've dealt with for, you know, for, for, for many years and, and that those people themselves um, have, have had to deal with. Um, at least with health wearables, they will have the opportunity to collect some data uh, before going to see the GP. So that data might might validate and, and support them in their feeling that they need to seek um, seek health uh for the health assessment with a professional, or actually that data might reassure them um, and might actually prevent an unnecessary contact with a health professional. So I think there are two sides to this story and we need to see how this plays out. Um, Apple does actually try quite hard to help patients understand what the information means and they do set their thresholds for alerts at sensible levels, in my opinion. Um, maybe people should trust the alerts from their devices um, and trust that their device will let them know if there's a problem rather than obsessing day to day over the data themselves. And that's what I'd like to to see. Um, I think there's a lot of potential, um, particularly in encouraging um, self-care and other healthier lifestyle and behavioral choices from people. Um, the watch in, in my personal experience with the Series 2 has been quite good at providing um, good feedback loops um, about activity. Um, it allows you to benchmark against yourself on previous days and it allows you to connect to um to, to friends actually um and and share a bit of activity data with them and see who's, who's ahead and who's behind and who's doing workouts and who isn't um and actually that can be uh, quite a motivational setup so how many times have i worked out this week compared to last week um how am i doing in terms of my average uh performance um and how am i doing compared to my friend who i share data activity with um yeah i think um there's the potential to uh, nudge and motivate better health behaviours. Uh, the future looks interesting. Apple and Google, um, they both have an offer in the health space um, and they're becoming interesting platforms for storing, managing and making useful sense of the data that is collected by Apple Watch and these other connected devices. Um, and actually connecting in with data from 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 other things like connected weighing scales or maybe even wearable blood glucose monitors. Um, the platforms allow patients to control the reading and writing of this data um, to and from specialized third-party apps, which might help patients manage specific health conditions better or just improve their general health. So they're really becoming um, data sharing platforms. Um, and in this area, I think both Apple and Google have raised their credibility, um, particularly with their cooperation on the COVID-19 tracking um, solution recently. Um, as, as we may recall, they collaborated on what is actually quite a clever solution for tracking contacts uh, between patients and flagging if you've had a potential contact with someone with a positive COVID-19 COVID test. Um, and this solution uh, protects the privacy of the individuals really quite effectively. Um, so they may be beginning to convince people that they can be trusted with their highly sensitive health data, or at least that's the position that they'd like to be in. And well, they're already collecting lots of this data, so I guess they're already in that position to a certain extent. Some things um, specifically to consider as development opportunities, I think. So one of the issues that immediately springs to mind as someone who works in an area with higher markers of deprivation 
is the accessibility of this new technology to to my patients. It is expensive. These devices are pricey um, and uh, a reduced availability or ability to access these devices might actually increase existing health inequalities. And we don't want to see that happen. Something Apple might consider is releasing a version for surgeries and clinics to loan out to patients. Uh, In the same way that we currently loan out blood pressure machines and overnight SATS probes, uh, we could loan these out to patients who are coming to us reporting symptoms. And we could have some more targeted data collection in that patient population that I think would be useful. Um, Making these versions less attractive and disabling the more consumer-focused features and also using the design and maybe colour of the device to identify them as loaned health devices would really help encourage patients to, uh, to return them to the surgery. So that's something that I would obviously like to see. I also wonder if there would be uh, value in in hiding some of the actual readings and data for some of the health metrics um, that people see as the default setting. So making the act of accessing the data a more deliberate and guided exercise This might help those people with a tendency toward health anxiety protect themselves from too much information that might cause them to worry. Um, I would call this the uh, tell me when I need to worry mode. Okay, you you, you heard it here first. Or maybe I'm just one of the people to come up with with a similar idea. But tell me when I need to worry mode. Hide the rest of the information from people unless they explicitly want to see it. Conclusions. So to conclude, consumer health wearables are here. We're only going to see more of them and they're only going to become more sophisticated. And in my opinion, they will provide some helpful insights for health professionals looking to identify pathology and also for patients as they try and lead healthier lifestyles and increase their well-being. The key thing is to ensure that patients and health professionals understand the technology, that they know how to use it, and they know what to do with the data. Um, Unfortunately, understanding health technology is the mission of EGP Learning and the platform. Please subscribe, share this video or audio, follow and return in the future for more health technology chat. Many thanks. Goodbye.